Welcome back to our Design System Office Hours podcast. Hello, hello. We're recording this today on a Friday morning. Um, I, I'm fasting. This is uh, this is a great time because you'll get me in a great either Wait, you're fasting energetic spirit. Uh, I do not eat breakfast. Why? Numerous reasons. Uh, we could get into that in a, in, a, oh, in our okay. in our separate <laughs> podcast in our separate podcast series about intermittent fasting. Yeah, fair and enough. Fair the enough. benefits okay. of of that. One thing that we wanted to talk to you all, all about today was the notion of is Figma a design system, and you could remove the word Figma with with Sketch or with XD, but is one single source, uh, whether it's a tool or an artifact is a design system. And um, specifically using Figma as an example, there's a lot of these like um, design system starter kits that that are out there in the Figma community that posture themselves as design systems. The carbon kit would be would be in the community, the material kit would be in the community. But would a component library set in itself and constitute what you would consider a design system, PJ. Uh, well, it's funny because we we're we we're joking before we started recording that, I mean, it's called a system. It's literally in the name. And a system is the collection of a bunch of things that work together. And we like to gravitate towards the things we understand. We like to gravitate towards the things that we can see that are tangible. Um, but a design system's encompasses a bunch of things. And honestly, I think the most important things are, are not the components. There's the, it's the rules and guidelines that help make those components be to begin with. It's the way that the processes that you engage with your engineering and design counterparts, it's the support measures that you have in place. It's the way you communicate. It's all those things wrapped up into this super, complicated hairy ball but i would say it's not a design file what if we go back in time to our previous episode where we talked about figma as a source of truth and play devil's advocate and say but pj we just talked about that figma is our source of truth yeah so so funny you mentioned that like of all the of all the sources of truth and this is (laughs) This is going to be a fun one. Sources of truth um, are alternate sources of truth. Yeah, yeah. I, My personal opinion is that the design file is, if I had to choose a thing to be the source of truth, which we're obviously aiming for, it would not be the design file. It would be it would be the, the thing that the folks using the product are engaging with. I mean, and that's not a hot take, right? Like I think a lot of people have said production code is, is the source of truth. Uh, the thing that that I think drives a lot of us nuts is the fact that we have to we have to try to keep these two things in sync. Um, ideally, we'd live in a world where our design files could ingest production code and translate it into you know, vector assets that we could drag in a, on a blank canvas. You know, Framer X has been playing with that. Uh, it's it's been something that. I think a lot of folks have been wanting for some time. Um, until then, we're doing our best to create a single source of truth by keeping a bunch of things up to date manually. Um, but it's not it's not optimal by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I've I've been waiting probably 
for three years since we've last worked together to bring this up somewhere publicly. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there, there's sort of two extremes, I think, to this thinking. And I think when we talked about this three years ago, I, I was probably so clouded on the idea of keeping um, files as the system and the representation of designer artifacts as the end goal. And there's, I would say, PJ-isms. And I think PJ-isms, uh, I'm waiting for you to spit out your coffee. I see PJ <laughs> drinking his coffee right now. Uh, let's spit out that $6 cup of Phil's coffee. Um, I, I would out. say the idea that I perceive that we should move further away from code and uh, strict design artifacts. And I think apps like Webflow are getting us there. And there, there's there's no code movement going on. That's the PJ-isms. And then I would say then there's like the DSS-isms, the Disney streaming-isms, where we need design artifacts for everything. We need Figma screens and Figma frames for every single screen and every single state that needs to be produced. And I think three years ago, I was led to believe that that was, you know, that was the way. Um, but I, I don't feel that way anymore. And I also don't believe that the source of truth solely lives in Figma or Sketch or XD, I think a template of that may live there. I think an expression of that lives there. But we need to we need to do better at bringing in what is live in reality and injecting that into into our tools to make make sure that we have a a, a better accurate representation. And as you, as you said, like we. We at Disney Streaming support 137 platforms today, <laughs> possibly more. So the organizationally, the coded components uh, and a coded, uh, you know, doc site representing each platform team may may not be the right case for us. Uh, it may not even be the representation that we could bring into Figma, because then we would have possibly four different representation of how TV design screens are built based on what language Xbox would maybe using versus TVOS. So that may not work for us. Um, but the fear is that we do a lot of this design system management and we do a lot of this uh, component building in isolation in, in the tool. We do a lot of optimizations. Um, and one thing that I wanted to sort of note is we've, we are one of the, you know, hundreds of teams that I'm sure in, in, in the, in the land that are, uh, have transitioned from sketch to Figma. When we were rebuilding our components, we wanted to make sure not that the numbers in the auto layout were perfect and mapped to where we wanted it to be. We needed to map to what was the accurate representation of what engineering had built. So some yeah, of the numbers yeah. may not have looked pretty, um, but we're in, we're by no means should be, um, building something that is cleaned up, that is not, um, then sort of taken back to engineering. We have to have as accurate of a representation as possible. So if something had something that didn't fall under, um, four pixel spacers, for instance, we needed to represent what it what it looked like, and then file a ticket to then possibly you know make yeah. a change to improve. Yeah. So there's lots of things that we've seen that are done in isolation in Figma, um, and some designers don't 
have the awareness that there's downstream impact going to code and there's there then becomes a figma source of truth and a live app source of truth yeah i so this is just my opinion obviously but i i personally do believe that design files are a means to an end and honestly if i could forego it and just write out a sentence of, Hey, this is how the experience works. Whatever it takes to get there as quickly as possible with the highest degree of accuracy, uh, that typically is a design file, but that's just, I wonder how much of that is just due to how we've done the work. But the challenge with design files is at least the way I've worked for God knows the feels like the bazillion years. Um, you put this design together and then it hits code and it immediately changes. Right. There's there's tweaks like, oh, crap, we didn't think about this. And and that that idea is evolving very quickly outside of the design file, which means it's immediately out of date. And the cost associated with keeping it up to date is typically doesn't make sense. And and its value falls off a cliff as soon as that feature ships, Um, especially since it's it's typically not a one-to-one reality of what's currently in production. Um, so what I've seen for myself is that those design files are pretty disposable after the point of, of articulating what you're trying <laughs> to put on a screen. And therefore, because of that, why invest a ton of time in an, in a disposable artifact uh, as opposed to trying to invest your time in making the, the thing that, does have you know consistent long-term value which is production code that's the thing that you're waking up at 3 a.m to try to fix because of an outage that's the thing that that really is bringing in the 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 money um how can you invest more time in that as opposed to uh, an artifact that you know falls off a cliff in terms of value but I, again that's just that's just my my point of view and, and my experience. I have, a, I have a slightly differing point of view. Um, how dare you? How, how dare I? Uh, I think templates are meaningful to maintain. I think templates are represent a good starting point for any product designer looking to design X feature. I don't believe overproduction and maintenance of screens are, are necessary um, because those um, only serve a point in time once they get and, and taken by engineering, um, those screens really, um, the value of those, uh, diminish over, over time, yeah, um, yeah. where I see a lot of, um, value in maintaining templates versus screens is app store, um, app store, uh, updates to yeah. like, let's say any of our various app stores and maintaining, but that's, that's a core set of screens. So, um, we work on a team that does support uh, some app store screens across the the different uh, marketplaces. And what we've expressed to them was we would like to maintain a, a core set of screens. That means a dozen across Disney plus or, or Hulu, not dozens. So we, we could help you maintain and continue to maintain these 12, 12 templates. When this becomes something like 50 templates of every unique screen that is on Disney Plus or Hulu, that becomes not yeah. manageable. So, 
Yeah. And, and let me, let me clarify here. I definitely am definitely bought in, uh, and, and understand the value of, of the, the things that help make the things. If you can build out templates or reusable components, obviously that helps speed up that process to get a design out. Uh, so you don't have a, a ton of effort across the entire design org to, to pixel push, um, disposable files. Absolutely. The other hidden value or not so hidden value of, of design files is that if, if, um, it's obviously articulating intent, um, and if there's a clear one-to-one mapping of the design to what patterns and components and, and tokens you're using, there's a higher likelihood of adoption within engineering. So, so there is value. Uh, you just have to be really careful about how much investment you make into it um, because of that drop-off in value, again, from my experience. Yeah, I will say the, the intent from design systems point of view and from feature designs point of view is that whatever lives in our design tool is intentional. Uh, we, we always get this question and, and I, I, I always sort of see this from a different light. Um, engineering partners or product partners will ask us, uh, is this intentional? Um, and yeah. then they'll point to a link to our file. And I would say most of the time it, it, it is, it is intentional. Um, and it's intentional to be, this is our take, this is our deliverable that we hope that you accept. Now, I think where this sort of falls a little flat um, in companies like Pinterest that do a lot of multivariant testing, you'll constantly be chasing what this baseline may be. Yeah, so um, we kind of see this... um, not on our app as much, but apps that do a lot of multivariant testing, like Netflix, where um, you may you may never know what the control. Would. Yeah, yeah, that's so. So to that end, uh, how do you maintain control? Um, who keeps it updated? My the thing that I've been hoping to try to do is to generate control surfaces from in product. Um, and, and maintain it that way. Cause that is what control is. Right. And it could be changing at an unbelievably frequent basis. And so, um, until we have a point where we can take, um, production code and translate that into a Figma design, I think ideally there'd be some sort of screenshotting or some automated approach to capturing that as opposed to having, an army of, of designers keeping control surfaces up to date. I, one idea we've been fussing around with is, is federating that, but even that is a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of time for designers. And so we haven't, we haven't figured out the ideal solution. It is something that designers want and we want to try to come up with a solution, but boy, oh boy, is it a, a lot of work? I think the biggest challenge is not how to do it. Cause that's pretty clear. It's how do you do it in a cost-effective way um, without upscaling your team tremendously to, to support this work stream? Yeah, there's a lot of um, metaphors that we use when we try to advocate for design systems. We use the word toolkit. We use the word building blocks. We use the word Lego blocks. And I do worry that that diminishes the value of this thing because it 
does then shed the light that we're heavily reliant on this tool to be the design system. And I believe that what we have in Figma or Sketch represent less than a third of what design systems mean to us. Uh, there's the the soft skills involved with you know being direct partners and on the front lines for engineering. Uh, there's yeah. the ability to partner with designers to obtain contributions and feedback into the system. There's the educational component of in, in some organizations how to use the design system, how to use the design system in, in Figma. And then I think there's the atomic, the most atomic component, which is, you know, us being more familiar with code, being more familiar with design tokens and us, you know, finally getting access to GitHub and, you know, being, being one of the first designers on my team, having my own GitHub repo. I think that those represent design systems and, that's why sometimes we even refer to design systems as plural. And it's not necessarily because we're talking about the different disparate design systems, but yeah. more so that design systems is a system of systems and is uh, maintain, maintains itself in multiple, multiple fashions. It's funny. Cause I, I vacillate between the sentiment of why do we worry so much about words? You know, it, the thing isn't going to change based off of what, you you call it i go from that to like oh the word we use for that makes no no sense at all and and honestly i i'm kind of there with design systems why do we call it design systems uh you know it's it encompasses a lot more than that it's it's uh and i think in some regards i i wouldn't be shocked if teams have said oh it's a design system and and therefore it creates some connotation that it belongs in the design org um where i don't think it belongs in design or engineering, um, likely more in product. Um, but that's the thing. It, it encompasses how something's built, um, you know, engineering best practices. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, a lot of times the design system serves given ratios of engineers and designers, engineers are, are, engaging with that system at a, at a much higher rate just due to the sheer population of engineers compared to designers. So I, I kind of, I, I vacillate back and forth about, uh, about the importance of names, but I do think design systems, um, just the term is a bit inaccurate, uh, for what, for what it encompasses and, and what it is. I mean, honestly, we've been referring to bits of the system as just component libraries because that's explicitly, semantically what that portion of it is. So we've yeah. been maintaining sketch component libraries. We maintain Figma component libraries. It just happens to be that some of those component libraries are tokenized via Figma tokens and then are able to feed my GitHub repo. So there's there's lots of things that I think that that we're doing, but let's you know let's let's get this straight. We're managing component libraries and tools. Now, in the previous episode, we we talked a little bit about how this may expand. Like tools like XD support the design system package and different outputs of delivery for engineering. So there there's 
the lines are becoming increasingly blurred. Do you wanna your you wanna bring your kid on? My my kid's on the Zigma train. He's on the next evolution. The of- Zigma train. <laughs> What's a Zigma? Zigma is that is Zeppelin next- and Figma? Zigma is the next design tool mm. that we're using. Got um, it. One thing I want to be extremely conscious of also dating myself here. We've evolved tools like we evolve, uh, <laughs> we evolve presidencies and I, I, tools oh get elected, God. right? Tools yeah. uh, get brought onto teams and they get elected. So there's a time where you may have used Illustrator, you may have used um, Omnigraphle, you may have used uh, Fireworks. Then Sketch came along. We used Sketched for a while. Some people started using XD to experiment because most most of our you know large organizations have a Creative Cloud license. Uh, but Figma was there when when Sketch came along too. But then Figma came along, and now Figma holds you know the, the Figma has been elected for some amount of time like another tool is going to come along and we're going we're going to have to adapt so we need to be flexible enough that all of our tools best practices can be abstracted and taken anywhere else like or it it just happens to be that figma right now is the most popular tool to draw vector boxes yeah i mean it's it's somewhat arbitrary i i don't think it I don't think it really matters. It, Figma is, is nice, right? I'm not I'm not bashing Figma, but I can draw a gray box in Sketch just as easily as I can draw a gray box in Figma. And so, from a design systems perspective, I think you can achieve the same goals with any tool that you have. Uh, and I think going back to the f- fact that a system is is a lot more than just design. Um, that's one thing I like about design systems is it stops, it stops putting so much emphasis on the design tool, the artifact from the design tool and more about the thinking and the rules behind why those gray boxes show up where they show up. Um, tool be damned. I've, I was so profound that that you have nothing else to say. I have nothing, I have nothing else to say because I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this next I'm trying to figure out what the next tool may be. If it's like a, a web flow sort of yeah. no code. Um, there's, I think there's visions of what Figma and Framer used to look like um, three years ago. Um, and it was a little bit of this WYSIWYG situation, if you remember. And I, I remember you introduced me to Framer and I looked and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. I, <laughs> I haven't coded in, in years. Yeah, You're asking a designer to learn how to code here. It's just so I could see like this, this very Dreamweaver esque. Yeah, I really, PJ. I really, really, really hope that the next iteration is is based off of some code based source of truth. Not that you can't draw your gray boxes if you don't, if if you want to, but you have the ability to take a a a UI library that is that is manifest through code and drop it into a canvas. And when that library, when that code library changes the color of something, you automatically get those updates. And so I'm just dreaming for that day because everything becomes a lot clearer 
from a workflow perspective, from a, from a process perspective, when we don't have these competing, not competing, but these two sources of truth that we are desperately trying to keep in sync all the time. Uh, yeah. One, one itch that I've had for the last year was chasing how, how for many design system practitioners, how, how we could integrate tokens into Figma for, for whatever reason, Figma has not done it. Um, I, I do understand that we are probably the top, you know, percentile of folks. We are the power users of the tool. Um, there's bi-directional um, or uni, unidirectional methods that this works where we could handle token generation in, in Figma via a plugin and it pushes out, but there's currently no mechanism to pull um, successfully. That is not a first party solution. Yeah. yeah. Um, great plugin developers like Jan uh, working on Figma tokens is trying to break that down. But this needs to be something that is standard and, and supported by these tools, um, yeah. first party, yeah. in, order, in order for all of this to be, be broken down. And, you know, I, I give a lot of kudos to folks like Jan that are really trying to solve the needs of, you know, 20,000 design system practitioners. And I, I do hope that this year Figma breaks that, breaks that barrier. Cause we, we could see it. We could see the edge of sort of like the, uh, the grand Canyon of where, where we are in, in the tool. And we, we see this open expanse of what, what can be. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think polling is the right approach. Um, I would, I, I'm not a big fan of having Figma be the source of truth for tokens because then, when your your fancy new tool comes out and you want to switch, okay, but right now we're managing tokens in our tool. So if that tool, if the next tool doesn't have exactly what we need, we're DOA or um, it handles it a little bit differently. We'll have to migrate it, you know, and whereas it's a JSON file, just, <laughs> just, just use the JSON file because then you're not locked into some platform, some service, some feature, um, when you're effectively changing hex codes, type sizes, um, and JSON is free. No one owns it. JSON is um, free. My alias tokens can be represented in JSON beautifully. Um, and I'm an old time using sublime text because it's, oh, wow. it's simple. Look at, you. Look at, look look at you. me, you know, That's but a I'm able to topic altogether, but I'm able to manage my tokens just in a simple code editor that I could just bring into Figma tokens. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, we're not sponsored by <laughs> Figma or any of these tools. So, uh, the less we can rely on these tools for the, for the underpinnings of our design system, in my opinion, the better, um, no need to get locked into something if, uh, if you don't have to. Um, so something like, uh, text edits, just have it be a JSON file. It's going to make your life a lot easier. And in the last in the last podcast, we talked about exciting integrations that you know can be made possible with within Figma and say VS Code. We know that Adobe has some integrations with XD and VS Code, so that that's another example of where where this can be going. And I would I would think the the vendor that can break that down as soon as possible is going to see some steep rewards. 
I was unaware of VS Code being I was unaware of VS Code being so popular. That's why I'm still using. Yeah, Sublime. it's a, it's a it's a thing. I was I didn't know either until I started working at Pinterest that VS Code is the hotness. Um, and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to utilize these tools to ingest a a uh, tool agnostic format um, and then push to those specific tools. So documentation in VS code documentation in Figma, you know, tokens in Figma, just trying to pull them into these tools. Um, I think where things get really in integration E like with XD, it does make me nervous because, because you, as mentioned, you could get locked in and that's, that's icky. We may have touched on this also previously, like there's a lot of hesitancy, I think, when we do decide to switch tools. And this may be more towards like when we think about how things have worked on the documentation side, getting your stuff locked up in a specific service. We sort of felt that when we were in Sketch 2. And while Sketch did have its own um, file file format and other services or other vendors like Figma NXD uh, market that they could import files like the no one in the right mind would ever try to do that and rely on that. And never, it never, yeah, <laughs> it never works. It never works. It demos beautifully, and then reality hits, and it just never, it never works. So from a design system manager point of view, there are these, as we elect new apps to bring into you know, our designers workflow, there, there is overhead cost. Um, so the more we could put and house design decisions outside of these design apps, the better. Exactly. That, I mean, that is, that is another argument for if we could, if we could generate designs from, from code, um, that is theoretically in a, uh, a tool agnostic, uh, format. Um, I'm really big on web components, um, because I understand the challenge of, well, what, what frameworks do we support? Do we support react view angular, all of them? I mean, that seems horrible, uh, in terms of just a, a ton of work. Um, but with something like web components, it, it's a standard, um, and and it just gives teams latitude to where if there is a new tool that they want to try, um, if they're not locked into a file format, um, it just gives you a lot of freedom. Um, and honestly, even, you know, it allows teams to experiment. We want to try this other tool out. The, the, the underpinnings of how we're designing isn't changing at all. We're just, we're just, um, swapping out the display layer, if you will, for how we're moving things around that that's beautiful. Uh, it gives a lot of, uh, flexibility and, and latitude for teams. Whereas now it's a Herculean effort to switch tools. You know, there's a whole, it, it took months and months and months for our team to switch over. Um, be fast too. That would be just ripping a bandaid off and just going from one thing to another. Um, but it could be, it was a lot of work. It could be yeah. a you know nine month to twelve month effort, like uh, if you depending on how much parity you want to build for those well, component libraries. Yeah. That's that's and, what we're looking at, and especially if if 
you're in a world where your design files are the source of truth and you have to migrate each and every one of those files over. Holy crap. That, yeah, that's months, years of work. And then it changes again. And then we decide to go to a new tool. Yeah. Never ending. It's going to change. It's not if, it's just, it's just when. Well, we hit our 30 minute quota. Thanks, PJ, for a spirited conversation about whether tools are design systems. Thank you, sir. Um, Hope you have a lovely day.